At this point in the conversation, he leaned over Ryan, reaching toward him with the syringe while fumbling with his free hand to expose Ryan's neck by pulling at a corner of his collar. That put him slightly off balance, and recognizing this, Ryan decided to act. Reaching up suddenly, Ryan pulled the doctor toward and then over him, so that the doctor and himself had now literally traded places. Kirsch was flat on his back upon the bed, and Ryan hovered above him. With his left hand clapped over the struggling man's mouth to stifle his cries, Ryan used his right to wrestle the syringe out of the doctor's hand. Gradually he was able to turn it, plunging the needle none too gently into Kirsch's fleshy neck, unloading the entire contents of the syringe into the carotid artery. In less than thirty seconds, the doctor's struggles ceased and he grew limp. Ryan waited an additional minute to make sure that he was thoroughly out before releasing his grip. Working quickly, he tied the man's hands and feet and stuffed some cloth into his mouth and gagged him. Next, he slipped on the doctor's heavy jacket and hat, placing the brim of the fedora well forward so it touched the brim of his nose and concealed a good portion of his face. Finally, he picked up the doctor's bag, then glanced back toward the bed to make sure that his prisoner looked like a reasonable facsimile of himself covered head to toe with a thick gray blanket. He made a brisk exit out of the tent. Lassen Sie den Mann nicht entgehen, mumbled Ryan as he brushed by the guard, mimicking the doctor's voice as closely as he could. The deception worked, no doubt aided by the faint light and the late hour but only after causing Ryan an anxious moment or two. He kept to the shadows as he made his way toward the temple, taking a less direct route that eventually wound alongside one of the stone walls. This path ran to the right of the temple, whose ten-foot wall at times came close to butting up against the side of a hill. Ryan had to make his way through a narrow path bordered by heavy brush. After snagging his coat several times, he abandoned it, the hat, and the bag to continue unimpeded along the wall in his search for an opening. He found it approximately midway, where some missing stones left a gap that he could just crawl through. On the other side, he came up against the tent. Here, he removed his knife and carefully cut a slit large enough to put an eye to. He saw some crates, the same ones he saw unloaded at the airstrip. Machine parts was stenciled on the sides, and most looked open. He couldn't see much more, but he decided to chance it. Placing the knife's blade back into the slit, he continued cutting until he made an opening wide enough for him to pass. Slipping through, he immediately drew up next to the crates, using them as cover. He paused breathlessly for several seconds, his ears keenly searching for any nearby sound. Finding nothing but a distant murmur of voices and a persistent hissing, he decided to hazard a peek. Edging an eye carefully around one side of the furthermost crate, he gazed with fascination at the scene that was revealed before him. The entire space within the tent was being used as a hangar, and sitting most prominently in its center was what it was housing, a V-2 rocket.